Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. In this episode, we come to John the Baptist once again. John the Baptist is out in the countryside baptizing people, and his ministry has been hugely uh, successful and popular. A lot of people had gone out to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was like this Old Testament prophet that comes out of the wilderness, and he calls God's people to baptism, a baptism of repentance, and in other places in the synoptic tradition for the remission of sins. Now, this is interesting because the Jewish people saw that by their birth, that they were children of God, they were children of Abraham. But John the Baptist is saying, Something needs to happen. There needs to be repentance. And some people would find that to be very offensive, that if they were children of Abraham, there's no need for them to go out into the wilderness and be baptized by this prophet-like character. But many people humbled themselves and realized their own sin and went out to John the Baptist. But what John was actually doing was preparing the way for the coming of the greater reality, Jesus Christ. He tells us that he is like the... uh, the best man at the wedding. Jesus is the groom and he is the best man that goes out and is joyful and is announcing the coming of the groom. In Jewish wedding custom, a lot of times when it was time for the wedding, the best man would go into the streets and cry out to everyone and let them know that the groom was coming. And this is how John saw his task, that he is preparing the way for Jesus. Now, when we come to this story, realize we are At the end of chapter 3, we've already met Nicodemus, and there's this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus where Jesus says man must be born from above. We have to be born again, so to speak. New birth has to happen for people. And Jesus is the one who has come from above. So he's the one that brings this new birth. He's the one that brings the message of this new birth. And then right in the heart of chapter 3, we get this concept of Uh, the snakes in the wilderness that that bit the people. And Moses took a a bronze snake and put it on a standard that would have looked like a cross and held it up and the people were healed. And then we get the beautiful passage of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And now we come to this last part of chapter 3 where we learn about the relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus. That's a really good question. How... How does John relate to Jesus? He's starting to lose followers to Jesus. And some of John's disciples are a little bit perplexed by that. They're upset that now the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, they are growing. And John the Baptist and his crowds are diminishing. And that is an issue to some of John's followers. We know that there were followers of John the Baptist long after this time in the Gospels. We know in Acts chapter 19, we meet some followers of John the Baptist who really didn't know much about Jesus. We also find out from church history that after the writing of the New Testament, there were still pockets of people around that were followers of John the Baptist. So this ministry of John the Baptist was pretty pervasive and pretty popular. So that's a legitimate question. How does John relate to Jesus? Now, remember earlier in John's gospel, we know when Jesus came to be baptized by John the Baptist, John points to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So we do have a key that John knows his place, that he's pointing us toward who the reality is, Jesus Christ. So let's look 
or the reading today, this is John 3. This is verses 22 through 30. This is the English Standard Version. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing in Aden near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was at you or with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the cross, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. So we got this idea of Jesus and his disciples. They're baptizing people. And there's some dispute that happens among John's followers and, and possibly some Pharisaic Jews from maybe Jerusalem about rites of purification. Now that's important because rites of purification involve water. And so maybe the discussion is, well, hey, the followers of Jesus are out there doing rites of purification too. They're baptizing people in water. Now we do know that Jesus baptized no one himself. I think that's important to realize. Could you imagine being in the early church and saying, well, I was baptized by Jesus. It would create this kind of level of spiritual elitist, you know. My baptism is from Jesus. So that makes me better than you. So John wants to let us know that Jesus really didn't baptize anyone himself. It was his followers that were baptizing people. Now, this is not to get confused with the later coming of the Holy Spirit. Later in Christian teaching, after the day of Pentecost, we will see the Holy Spirit being connected with Christian baptism, as you find that is normative in the book of Acts. Places like Acts 2.38, where there's the command to repent and be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this connection of, of baptism, Christian baptism and the Holy Spirit, this will come later. So this is more like this baptism of repentance that John has been doing, calling people to repent and to change and get their heart right. So that's what this rite of purification is all about. So there's this discussion, though, about Jesus and his place in John the Baptist. And John is being told hey, a lot of people are leaving and going out to Jesus. And John says something really interesting, and I think we really need to latch on to today. And he talks about the joy. Literally, in the Greek, it says rejoice with joy. Um, it's kind of redundant there. But we need to be joyful people because of who Jesus is. John says, you know, my joy is complete. And it's a really wonderful perspective. He says, everything, everything that we receive comes from heaven. It's all heavenly centered. It's all God centered. We need a Copernican revolution in our life. And what I mean by that is so many times we see everything is revolving around us. Like a long time ago, people or some people thought that uh, everything in the universe and solar system revolved around planet Earth. And we found out really quick that the solar system is heliocentric. We revolve around the sun. And so our lives should revolve around God and what God wants. And he tells us once again that Jesus Christ is from above. I, I know verse 31 was not in our reading, but he says in verse 31, John the Baptist, he who comes from above is above all. That is the same word there 
that we find earlier in John 3, 5, or John chapter 3, where Jesus says one must be born again. That means born from above, one who comes from above. Jesus is anothen. He's the one who comes from above. You know, John is from the earth. Nicodemus is from the earth. Jesus is from heaven. And Jesus brings heaven's gifts to us. He is God's gift to us from heaven. And John has the perfect attitude that we should have today. He must increase, but I must decrease. Really, that, that's a good thought for the whole day for all of us. As we walk through the rest of this day, maybe we should meditate on that verse. He must increase. Jesus must increase in my life. And I must decrease. Paul talks about that he was crucified with Christ. It's no longer Paul living, but Jesus living in him. Jesus takes preeminence in my life. What I want, what I think I need, decreases in light of what Jesus wants for me in my life. I need that Copernican revolution. Well, as we always do, let's go back and read our passage one more time. This is John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anan near Salim because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the cross, but I have been sent from him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day today. I hope these readings have encouraged you, and I would love to have you back again tomorrow for our next podcast.